Uh, let's bring in Eric Dighton, joining us, President and Managing Director of the Wealth Alliance. Now, Eric, welcome to the show this afternoon. Uh, walk me through. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, Oliver. Appreciate it. Uh, walk me through your kind of framework for going through this earnings season where we've got these giants now back at highs. Last time around, Apple gave us great numbers and sold off for a couple weeks before bouncing all the way back. Yeah, uh, um, look, you've got to remember that um, we had explosive earnings and explosive moves in these tech stocks before the earnings and, you know, buy on rumor, sell on news. So uh, that's that's really what we saw happen. Um, all of big tech crushed it last time. I have no doubt that they're going to crush it again. Um, uh, I think they're going to do great. And uh, and look, they might they might sell off again. It doesn't matter. It's OK. We're we're in for the long term. Now, when you look at that long term, we're, we're sitting at these market valuations that are really only comparable to dot com. Uh, how does that factor into the potential for these companies to perform long term? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, valuations are high. We know that. Um, but interest rates are ridiculously low. We're looking at a, uh, a 124 right now on the 10 year Treasury. Where are you going with your money to get return? If you're a retiree, if you're a pension fund and you got to earn seven or eight percent a year and you want to be 60 percent in stocks, 40 percent in bonds, you can't do it. The math doesn't work. So the bottom line is um, people are going to have to learn to take um, more risk. Um, they're going to have to look for companies with good earnings growth, companies that will benefit from the recovery. Um, there are plenty out there. And look, we can have a 10 percent correction, Oliver, at any time. We're overdue. This Delta variant might just be the catalyst that brings about that correction. So what? That, that, that's okay. Um, we've had five consecutive quarters of positive stock market return. It's happened 17 times since 1961. All 17 times one year later, the market was higher. That's 17 for 17. Mm. I feel good about that. All right, uh, Eric, uh, stocks go up uh, over time. Uh, if, as long as you're not in the midst of one of these major turning points that uh, happen kind of like once in maybe not a generation, but uh, uh, somewhere between a decade and a generation, what are the odds that one should assign something like that happening here uh, if we are coming up to some kind of tectonic shifts? I mean, for the first time in a while, it seems like the, the Fed is not going to cut rates. They're not going to dial back. Maybe they'll move very slowly in the direction that they're going, but it does seem that they're only going in one direction, which is the eventuality of starting to step back. Does that bring us to a potential major generational turning point? Uh, we at the Wealth Alliance don't see it. We're at a zero to a quarter percent Fed funds rate. If the Fed funds rate went to a half a percent, if it went to one percent, uh, who cares? Um, the bottom line is we still have an accommodative Fed in the midst of a global economic recovery with a consumer who's in the best shape that he and she have been in in decades, right? They paid down debt, they got government help. People wanna spend, they wanna buy. Uh, consumption 70% of, of, of the economy. So um, I, I see volatility, the higher, you know, the higher the valuations get, the more volatility you get. And like I said, we could have a correction at any time. But when you have an accommodative Fed and a global economic recovery, and remember, parts of the world have not really recovered yet. Areas like India, um, Brazil, right? South America, parts of Africa are really in the midst of COVID. They will be part of that recovery in the future. So there's still more gunpowder uh, to go, Oliver. I'm, 
I don't see the seeds for, uh, for a secular bear market um, with these factors. Eric, uh, when uh, we look at some of the uh, uh, themes here, connected to the rest of the world, as you mentioned, dealing still uh, in more kind of the depths of the crisis. Uh, will that factor into flows that have been very favorable towards the U.S.? Um, I mean, we're watching these Chinese companies just get blasted around all this regulatory stuff the last a month here. It definitely seems to be playing a role up until now. Maybe that money was making its way into tech. What happens yep. if uh, the rest of the world does start to present an investment alternative? I mean, is this going to still be the U.S. best house story for the foreseeable future? I think China just sealed the deal. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of money flowing to China for good reason, right? China was executing for a while, but this government, this communist government is uncomfortable with the corporate world getting too powerful and too big. And they are showing with, with might that they will step in. They don't care about the price of your stock. Um, they wanna make sure that they are in control. Uh, I think that's going to bring a lot of flows back to the United States, where we just don't have anywhere near that kind of uh, issue. Even if the Biden administration steps in, nothing like what the Chinese are doing. Mm. Uh, Eric, uh, the last point to this is, how do you uh, hedge this view? Uh, if um, the view, the baseline is that maybe volatility will pick up because valuations are elevated, but that uh, bonds still justify these elevations and these powerful growth names. How do you hedge that and how much do you need to hedge that? What, what securities or what tools and how much the portfolio goes setting aside in case those premises are wrong? Yeah, so we still believe diversification is the name of the game. Uh, if you're a moderate investor, you can't go plunging all your money um, into the stock market. Uh, that's not going to work. We've actually been reapportioning um, a lot. We actually earlier in the year apportioned a lot to energy MLPs, which had great tax benefits, threw off great income. Uh, that's worked well. And we also like private real estate. We've taken a lot of our fixed income exposure and we moved it over the last year into private real estate. We've gotten tax benefits. We've gotten some appreciation. We've gotten triple the income we were getting uh, um, from our fixed income, um, and not and and very low volatility. So uh, I think there are places that you can go, where you can still get return. You can still get your tax benefits, um, and get get the income that you need if you're a retiree, and the return that you need if you're a pension fund.